Hello and welcome to acsports.com's Your Sports Memo Podcast. My name is Calvin Emeka Onwuka. On this episode, I will be discussing women's football in Africa. It will be my pleasure to have with me in the board um, powerful, powerful women in sports and sports media in the continent. I'm expecting to have Osha Komogisha in Uganda. Um, Osha is very, very passionate about um, women's football and Africa, football in Africa as a, as a whole, sports in Africa. Correction, sports in Africa. She's very, very passionate. She's a very passionate young lady. And also, um, I would have Tega Onojaife who will be speaking to me from Lagos. She is the founder of Ladies in Sports International. These are powerful women in the continent and in sports world, really. So it will be my pleasure to have them here um, when we come back. So please do stay tuned. Yes, and welcome back to ACLSports.com's Your Sports Memo Podcast. Um, I've got with me um, the founder of Ladies in Sports International, Tega Onojaife. Tega, it is an absolute pleasure to have you on your Sports Memo podcast. Oh, no, it's my pleasure that you, you have me here. I'm so grateful to be here to talk about women's sports, things I'm excited about. So, <laughs> welcome. Um, let me, I, I have to start here. I really have to start at this point. So how do we go from um, hosting the Women's AFCON in Ghana in December of 2018 to this nothing? I, I would say this. Uh, it, it, it starts from the structure hmm. for women's football. And I, I often say, most in general, people think that because they have succeeded, well, but extent, successful, different people means different things. Yeah. To an extent, they succeeded in men's football that they can just copy and paste the same thing for women's football, and it doesn't necessarily work because women's football is like new market um, in an unfamiliar place for many um, companies and organizations. So, so um, I, I think what CAF needed to do, if you ask me, for a CAF, is to have my own women's department completely independent of men's department. Okay. So their entire focus is on women's football, how to develop competitions, how to develop the games, how to work with different associations in different countries to develop grassroots women's football there. So just have a department that their entire um Mm. portfolio mm-hmm. is women's football. Don't don't have a head of women's football, but he's she's still reporting to the head of competitions, um, who whose portfolio includes men and women's football. It it may be a little too much to ask for one unit, and then they will have to prioritize. And if they have to prioritize based on revenue that is coming in, mm-hmm. they will take the one that is more successful. 
<laughs> instead of stressing with a new one. So I think it, first of all is the structure. Um, if they had a dedicated department for women, mm. marketing mm-hmm. dedicated for women, mm-hmm. communications dedicated for women, mm-hmm. um, liaison officers for all the federations in CAF, yeah. dedicated for women, mm-hmm. then they'll be able to plan according to the time. So you know that by by 2018 mm. Ghana, uh-huh. you already have your next two host countries for the next two Afghans for uh, women. Right. That's what you should be. Do, do you so, so if you, if you have that mm. um I, I also it, it, it will be easier to organize the different competitions without too much shaking now i understand that 2020 of course 2020 was a uh, I, I would say a special year yes and because of the coronavirus pandemic it is um it's thrown everything on its head mm-hmm. however there are still if, if there were if there were good plans there are still countries that would say based on um, if you can secure the, if there's security if you can guarantee that everybody coming into our country will have regular health checks um, there, there would still be a host on the wings waiting to take in women's sports but I don't think we had all that planning lockdown it's almost as if okay we're done with 2018 we have one country that I said they will host us but they have no other plan right Okay, um, take so, a, so, be, take a, yeah. Wait, so you need to have that. Wait, bear with me. I, I would. I, would, I need to get Osha um, and Kumogisha onto the panel shortly. Just bear with me, and then I'll come back to you. Okay. Okay. Yes. Um. It's like I said. It's my honor to have this powerful young woman uh, with me on this show uh, today. So, all the way from Kampala in Uganda is. Osha Kumugisha. Osha, welcome to ACLSports.com's Your Sports Memo Podcast. Thank you very much for having me, Calvin. I know that you're um, always trying to create great content for so many years, always followed you, and I'm very, very glad and honored to be on this platform. Thank you so much. Got a lump in my throat. Right, Osha, can you explain to me why there is no um, Women's Afghan for 2020? Well, um... Obviously, you know, it's been a very tough uh, period for uh, women's football enthusiasts uh, after CAF announced that there's no women's African Cup of Nations. But um, perhaps uh, the truth of the matter is uh, it was bound to happen. Uh, first of all, CAF had agreed with uh, Congo, Brazzaville, mm-hmm. that uh, they will host uh, the Africa Cup, Africa Women's Cup of Nations, the Alcon for this year. Mm-hmm. And at the last moment, uh, they pulled out. So then CAF found themselves in a situation where they had to look for a new host and uh, uh, gladly Nigeria and Equatorial Guinea um, uh, sent in their bids, but Nigeria did not uh, present a guarantee from the government because obviously it's important for the NFF to say that, look, we will work hand in hand with the Ministry of Sports, but there has to be a guarantee officially from Mm. the government saying that uh, we are in on this 100%. Um, So that sort of, uh, you know, uh, brought in the whole question that, so what next? What what happens with the tournament? Um, Between you and I, I mean, if if, uh, the tournament was to happen in Nigeria, amazing. I can't begin to imagine 
um, what that would mean for the Super Falcons um, and generally for uh, women's football in Africa. Because when you look at, for example, uh, players like uh, Asisat Oshawala now gaining a lot of uh, followership from yep, across yep, the continent, yep, yep. Uh, but also Nigeria coming back from uh, the Women's uh, World Cup in France, um, you know, with some, some good blood. You, you get the feeling that uh, even what happened in 2016 in Cameroon and in Ghana in 2018, Nigeria would have been the perfect um, country to uh, sort of get us into, um, uh, you know, women's football following with everything that's happening on the continent. So a bit unfortunate there. And also the fact that um, the qualifiers <coughs> have not yet been played. There you go. I was going to that. We didn't even, we didn't even have qualifiers. Because the last yes. qualifiers that we had um, had to do with um, the Olympics, which was which was most yes. the most popular one. See, Osha, before you came on, um, Tega uh, yeah. was Tega was um, saying that one of the biggest problems was is calf calf not being um, gender specific in terms of um, the structure for women's football. What what is your take on that? Yes, women's football has always been treated like the fifth cousin, not even second. <laughs> football in Africa is always, uh, <laughs> I'm telling you, it's below the men's football, then it's below the under 23 men's football, below the under 20 men's football, below the under football, you know? Um, oh. And until oh. we complained and made noise and literally protested, uh, short of being outside of uh, the CAF offices at the 6th of October <laughs> in Cairo, um, CAF had decided to oh, give, uh, you know, prize money literally uh, below the under 17. Like, can you imagine that the winner of the under 17 Afghan boys was getting more money than the women? Absolutely ridiculous. So, uh, you know, it's. Wow. It's that's the mentality that is holding us back. I didn't you know, know this. Um, you know. It was, and, and, and I'll tell you this, Calvin, shockingly. Mm. Can you imagine that CAF, the last CAF technical director's meeting mm. in Cairo, mm. did not have on their schedule women's football, that technical directors from Thank across you. Africa converged in Cairo to talk about football, but in their plans, they did not have women's football. Wow. <laughs> you know? So, what? You know, you, you, yeah, seriously, you know? Because um, I was very honored and lucky to have been in Rabat when CAF was launching their pro licenses. Uh, the, the coaching course yes and uh, I got to speak to some of these technical directors and ask me okay so how's the football in your country you know so I have to ask how's the football in your country and also ask how is the women's football in your country mm -hmm. so oh. so this mentality Calvin to answer your question is why we don't have a structure across the African continent and that until now, mm. even though, okay, we are saying thank you very much, Kaf, for having a women's football division, it only has two people. How do you expect two people to work and deal with women's football issues on an entire continent of 54 countries? Right. Um, let, let, let me, Tega, this, this, what, this thing she just yeah. mentioned about 
the fact that there are only two people for it's absolutely in line with um what you were saying earlier how it is that the 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 organization that is calf does very little or shows very little and um, what's the word shows very little interest in bringing the women's game in the continent up to speed with what obtains in other parts of the world now how do we how do we go about how do we how do we go about making this better okay so the first thing i i, I wouldn't I, I don't like to always throw stones up. i like to say that there are solutions everywhere now kosafa is hosting a their regional championship with sponsorships the women with sponsorships and all they are hosting that tournament which means that they are capable hands in africa mm-hmm. that can help run this department so maybe you do not want to in fact i i I think they should go all out and create that department but in case it's too heavy a lot to do immediately have which do i say have all these regional you know organizations um be a part of your team so imagine a a a, a, imagine a region like kosafa that are very progressive Mm -hmm. um with their women's football going forward they have competition after competition and they take their time to organize it what you need is to liaise with the head of that division maybe speak to those in wafu a little late back um <laughs> they are not really impressing me with the job they're doing no, they're but not. have them um work with the west african maybe they're not um but have them work with the west african region and have the east african work with east african region it is something that maybe the workload or the salary load may be too heavy for capacity they can collaborate with other organizations on ground and i remember that when they released um the women's i remember they released this document about women's football how to um develop women's football in africa and one of the things they indicated in that document was that there was going to be collaborations so how about you have these collaborations already with different regions to help build women's football in those regions and then um subsequently or consequently CAF is uh, women's football in africa is being built so work with people in different regions and try to get it through. You've seen countries um, like Morocco come out and say, oh, mm-hmm, we're going mm-hmm. to start investing heavily in women's football. Mm-hmm. And then you, you, you're saying all these pockets of um, development coming up with women's football in Africa. How about you call all these people together? Uh, because what the pro- what, another problem is that everybody is individually developing their space. But if we could collaboratively um, do it together, then the impact will be greater. So how about you have all the people at your technical direct meeting, um, at your women's symposium that you have, and say, you know what, these different regions, you see what you've done, want to work with you. Um, I don't think it's rocket science. I don't think it will be too much to ask. And because it's not directly upon them, it's a collaboration, then it will be divided. But like I said, the minute you have, like, uh, I'm sorry, like Osha said, play two people. And then she takes, those two people would present what they want to do for African women's football. And they will still have to take it to a team that covers the men and women's football. And that team will prioritize men over women. Because. Osha. That one is more developed <laughs> yeah. to them than the women's report. I, I, so, I, I should collaborate with regions. That's it. I, I have to. I have to ask this. Do you let, let's even um, uh, uh, 
Tega is mentioned the the regions, um, Kosafa, and the the great work they're doing with grassroots and age group um, women's football. Do you even think, um, Osha here, that maybe the bigger problem is that the member associations themselves, because Tega Tega, I'm sure, is not is not very proud of how women's football is run in Nigeria as it is. So maybe the, the member associations themselves, yeah. who, who, are the, who are the people who, pre- who produce the CAF ex- executives, maybe the member associations are at home in their different countries are not doing that well, or are they? So, um, it, it's a very good question that you asked, Calvin, and uh, very important uh, what Tega highlighted. I'll give you an example of Uganda, where I come from. Mm-hmm. Um, a couple of years ago, we played against South Sudan in uh, a qualifier. Yeah. And Uganda won 22-0. <laughs> Let's not get into the details of what Nigeria would have scored, okay? Um, if, <laughs> when, you, when you look at um, a game like that, it shows you that, one, there's massive talent in our country. Okay. So what our federation president did, uh, the FUFA president, Moses Magogo, mm-hmm. he sat down and said, look, I think um, they spent about, hmm, in, in dollars, could be about $40,000 uh-huh. to prepare uh, and, and to fly the team to just our neighbors you know uh-huh. um, and he said look how can we spend all this money in just preparing a team to play one game and they get allowance I'm sure they got something that maybe was less than even a hundred dollars okay uh-huh. Uh-huh. so he said look let's let's create a strategy for women's football and at the time of course FIFA came and said look we're giving you at least fifty thousand dollars a year uh-huh. for you to, to to start and and support women's football so as an executive committee they decided to start up a league for the women so they contacted some stakeholders and and uh, a league was started as we speak after five seasons yes we have over over at least over 2,000 girls that play week in week out we have two divisions okay and thankfully for us in uganda we have a structure where um mostly those that are playing are actually young girls in schools okay so in our top division we have five of the eight teams are institutions three are secondary schools and two of them are uh are universities okay unlike for example i i i know i have a little bit of knowledge uh, about in nigeria for example if you have rivers angels maybe let's say the team uh their state team yeah mm. for us it's majorly the school now for me i think this is forward thinking obviously i can uh you know say that look i feel that the federation for example needs to have eco pay for the players for the girls and the boys uh the cranes and the crest cranes as they are, our senior team is called but yeah. uh let's deal at least with the fundamentals the, the grassroots and then we have um luckily enough we have uh, the, the first vice president of the football federation in uganda is also um uh, all the way all the way to the international schools federation he's a vice president okay so yeah schools is very very important for us in uganda now I, to answer your question about member associations, it's about um, the leadership. 
the leadership has to sit down and intentionally say that we are going to support women's support. Yes. The argument that, for example, um, the president of FECOFA, this is uh, the Democratic Republic of Congo, who is also uh, a, a member of the ex-Comat CAF, um, who says that, look, uh, women's football, uh, it does not bring in money, yeah? You run a business, mm -hmm. um, Tega, I'm sure that, uh, you know, if you don't run a business in whatever you do, you, you know that for you to get something, you have to invest. Yep. How can you ask women's football to bring in income when you're not investing. investing in it? Mm. So the thing is, you have uh, member associations like South Africa, member associations like Morocco at the time. At this particular time, I'd like to give a big kudos to Morocco who have set um, a four-year plan worth $6 million that they are going to invest in women's football. Now, that's what I'm talking about. You know, um, and, and, and so it's the member associations that have to say that we are going to use FIFA money, we are going to use CAF money, but we are also going to use our own money and invest in women's football. It has to be intentional and it is 100% about leadership. Tega. Yeah. Right. This, this, um, she, she's mentioned, Osha has mentioned them. Um, um, investment. Um, I've heard people say this, and I've been in a group, I've been in a group with Usher, in where where a lot of stuff were said about um, um, what it would require for um, the, for investments to come into the women's game. Take Nigeria for example. Uh, we got this FIFA money, and with all that FIFA money, there was a there was a small amount which. Um, the NFF um, did say was going to go to women's football. I I'm planning to get Miss um, Falode on this board one of these days. How do we make um, women's football attractive enough to to get the the kind of investment that should come in? That's one. But maybe on the flip side, a bigger question would be like Osha also said: How are, how committed? Should these federations be with regards to um, funding women's football and women's league? Talking about Nigeria. Okay. Yes, and and that is the, the beginning of the problem. So I've had uh, a few conversations with um, corporate organisations in Nigeria because you know really that's where my stress is getting the private sector to bring in um, money for sports. And and the first thing they say is they don't they don't hear about it, they don't know about it, and they just like to put money that on things that have already built a brand. Mm -hmm. um, and, I, and I try to explain to them, the Premier League that you watch today, in 1992, how many people's father had that large dish <laughs> where you could watch <laughs> Premier League matches? True. Think about it. We met you. Mm. Um, and, and over time, they have built it as a value to countries in uh, companies in Nigeria have stretched themselves to go and put money um, to do advert stadium um, advertisements in the Premier League when they have not even donated to uh, Agege Stadium um, advertisement board. Oh, 
Um, and so you have to build slowly. But I also put it on the part of the federation. They are not building a value. You see, you don't sell people on the idea that you have you have brothers and sisters. Therefore, put your money in women's football. Um, charity giving is not sustainable. Yep. Women's football yes. is a business, and it has to be presented as a business that can bring benefits. And if your benefit is publicity, then let that be your the benefit you sell. If your benefit is putting the eyes of the mask in one place uh, on particular days, then let that be the benefit itself. So Nigerian football itself has to put place value on women's football. And that thing, uh, you know, the NFF did when they um, got money from FIFA and CAF and sponsors, and they only gave the women's football um, FIFA money. It, it indicates that they are not taking women's football as seriously. If they shared the money in the way that it was supposed to be shared, yep. and then went out of their way to look for women-specific sponsors. So they are not looking for sponsors for the Super Eagles, and then they put with football as an attachment. No. Get the sponsors for men's football, and then look for women-specific sponsors. Then it indicates to communities, because at the end of the day, it indicates to brands, rather, that, oh, they're taking women's football seriously. Remember what happened in the end industry? Um, the president came up, I'm going to give so so, so so million to develop entertainment industry. Yeah. All of a sudden, every company started investing in women's football. All he needed to say was, I'm going to give the 200 million. We don't know if he gave. I think maybe eventually he did, but he hadn't given at the time. He mm. just said he was going to give, and then companies went there. So sometimes it comes from the head. If the NFS can come and say, this is what we are going to be doing for women's football, um, and every company that they speak to, this is what we give for men's football, this is what we give specifically for women's football. That investment, that that um, value that you're placing on women's football is indicative of the importance you place on women's football. And then companies start to buy. But when you go into an organization and they tell you that, ah, we, it, it, and I'm coming to talk to them about the Women's Football League and how they can sponsor the Women's Football League and how many teams we have and how many players we have. Mm. Um, and I was talking to this bank and how accounts could be opened there. Or, mm. And I said, ah, can't you get off Men's League? That was the question they <laughs> asked me. They said because the, 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 president, the NFL president seemed, you know, interested in Men's League. And you, I, I, I mean, I came up with a an answer because I was doing publicity. Mm. But I, in my, the privacy of my own thoughts, I couldn't deny yeah. that men's football wasn't prioritized over women's football. But, <laughs> so, it, it, first of all, is the federations like Osha said that will say private apart from FIFA and CAF money, mm. private sector. This is our focus for women's football, and then you can get people to start investing. But as long as you continue to brush them aside as an afterthought. You will not get companies that are in a hurry Ladies, to put their money there because nobody's showing interest. I, I, if the I, I was in um, I was in university when the first World Cup took place in 1991, and we the first women's World Cup, and we really we, we didn't even in China we barely saw um, the 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 videos and all of that but france 2019 world cup was an absolute festival it was fantastic you could see the grounds were full you. You, you could see 
that um, women's football was it was is on the up. It actually is on the up. So how is it that in our continent, Osha, how is it that in our continent mm-hmm. we we're we're not able to ride this this wave? How can we get on? So um, usually, what I think is that um, enough don't really think things through. I was watching an advert recently, um, I think it was on Sky, and uh, a friend of mine told me, look, you know, every time you watch ads uh, in the UK, they are thorough, you know, they are very well thought out, and and you love it, you fall in love with the advert. Mm. Now, why am I saying that? It's um, because (laughs) we don't have a plan, and that's the structure that Tega is talking about, you know? It's uh, just that, you know, let's go to the World Cup, and that's it, you know? Um, for example, I'll give you uh, a, a very heartbreaking statistic. Um, when Nigeria played Cameroon in that final outcome in 2016, Yaoundo, 2016 November, mm-hmm. can you imagine that the next time that Cameroon played a game was in September? of 2018 no way when they were invited to kosafa they were invited to the kosafa women's championship that was the next time almost two years 22 months without a single friendly game now you talk about a wave can i ask you how many games have the super falcons played ever since the world cup in france two the, the, the Olympic qualifiers. Two games. <laughs> First leg and second leg. Uh-huh. So, uh-huh. you see, ha- so you're talking about <laughs> qualifiers, so it means that they did not even play friendly games before those qualifiers. I don't think they did. And so now, yeah, and now everyone is shocked and saying, oh, why does Nigeria always fail to go to the Olympics? And and you're looking and saying, really? So what? Nigeria? Nigeria is not going to the to the Olympics? Oh my God! So we are not going to watch Asisat Oshawala and so many other young girls that perhaps could have gotten a debut at the biggest world stage. We're not going to see them because there's no proper structure. No one is out there trying to say that. Um, okay, for example, let me let me ask the two of you, your Nigerians, and I keep saying Asisat because. I love this girl, you know, from when I first saw her in 2014 at the World Cup in Canada. Yeah. Look, what is the NFFF, what is Nigerian football as an entire fraternity doing to milk the situation that is Asisat playing at the highest level for the most popular team in the world? You actually expect me to answer this. Pega can try. <laughs> okay, you know what? It's a rhetoric question. No, it's a rhetoric question. Let's let it go, okay? No, I'm serious. You I, have a player. I, I, I know to be what you're saying. With you, yeah. I don't care if Messi speaks English or not, mm. but you have a player who can stand with Messi in just one picture. Do you know what that does? Hmm. It, it, that, that's massive, you know? And, and, and for me, th- these are some of the things that I'm talking about, that you have to milk every situation, you know? Because I'm sure that everyone is asking, where are the other players? Because they are sure that where Asisat is coming from, there has to be other girls. Mm. There has to be other girls 
who are coming from that same area and now we are talking marketing now we are talking promotion now we are talking social media because part of CAF women's football strategy they talk about um, you know marketing and promotion but marketing and promotion is not just you know digital marketing you have it's well thought out you have to think about it very carefully I'm a big fan of uh, the social media team of um, you know you've seen AS Roma and, and I'm sure you know that the guy is, is, uh, is Nigerian. Look at the way they've turned around uh, everything. You know, Air Roma is not winning so much uh, on, on the pitch. Mm. But their social media game, they are going all out. Whether they win games or not, everyone is going to know about Air Roma. They have a Swahili Twitter account. Swahili for crying out loud. They do? And this is an Italian team. So that, those are some of the things that we need to do. We need to be very intentional about what, what we are talking about. Because when you look at uh, social media, okay, can we say that all Super Falcons players, for example, have Twitter accounts, have Instagram accounts? Are they posting every day? What are they posting? Okay, do we have someone at the NFF who is particularly, you know, whose job is to, to, to liaise with the players and say, what are you posting this week? Hmm. How, how can we fit in that as the NFF, okay? In Uganda, how many players do we have that are on social media in women's football? Because, okay, the traditional media has decided they don't have space for women's football. So let's tell our own stories. But we have to be intentional about some uh, things like that. Uh, so those are the things, Calvin, that we need to have a conversation about, uh, even though we can sit here and say, oh, cast this, cast that. But what are we doing ourselves as the media as the players, as the coaches, as really the rest of the stakeholders. Um, Tega, I just as um, yes. Osha's mentioned, um, with regards to the um, grassroots, I I I am particular. I remember that there was a time we had to we had to send a crew to Braveheart um, girls team um, in Benin City to. We, 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 I used to see they were, they were very, very visible on, on Twitter. So we had to go there to go and um, to go and yeah. speak, uh, go and speak to them. And I, I have noticed also that there's a huge, there's a huge base of young girls who want to play football, who love playing football. It's not even watching. These girls want to make a career in football. I remember an interview where one of my uh, colleagues did with um, Chiamaka Nadoze and Chiamaka said that her dream is to play for Olympic Lone ladies and I remember thinking how did she know about these people so which means that there's a there's a they, this <laughs> these young girls want to play this this sport how do we convince them that they are equal to the boys considering that they this this lack of structure that both of you have so eloquently um, described. How do we get these girls to continue doing this? Um, I, I often tell the ladies that we are we are you know um, we are all um, created equal, but some have reason to be more equal than others, and they shouldn't be in a hurry to think that just because. Uh, let me think of who's the youngest player now in the Super Eagles. In fact, let me not go to Brazil. In, in, in CFL, I, I heard the players that collect um, 
70,000 a month, 150,000 a month. And I tell them that don't be in a hurry to think that you're going to get that. Compliment football development is far behind. But what I that you're still going to have to put in much work. There's no time for PC parties. Um, we talk about all these players and how um, they look in their brave hearts is one of the few. But I know countless times I come to all these items and I tell them, you need to open a social media um, handle. Have a social media handle, have presence on social media, put your pictures. And they said if they put their pictures, people say they are proud. Hmm? So they don't want to sell themselves. <laughs> yes, and that's the start of the problem. Um, so they don't want to sell themselves, sell themselves because people are saying that they are proud and if they start looking proud and arrogant then they will lose the small spot that they have. Um, oh, wow. Some other people say they are not well spoken so they don't want to um, talk to the media. I, I have this Know Her Name campaign where I'm trying to push out um, athletes, yeah. Yeah, I've seen that. athletes, local I've athletes, seen that. just so that people will know their name mm. and people will know about their story. And so many people that you call will say, ah, that they can't speak English, ah, um, how will I shoot it? Um, um, I, I don't have makeup. I, I've not done my hair. There's just so many things that you're worried about um, presentation. And I say the first thing you have to do is just make sure you have a presence because nobody will put money on something on a product they have not seen. And right now you have to think of yourself as a product, as a brand. Um, so so that, that's, that's the first work. Uh, the second work is I tell them you, you work as hard as you can, but at this moment, truth be told with the reality of ground you you are equal you're supposed to be equal with men but the treatment is not the same which means you're going to push for that equality it's sad but it's true um and don't expect people to just wake up and hand you that equality you're going to have to prove it um also talking about um how how uh, what what Asisat has what the NFF has done with Asisat and I said absolutely nothing <laughs> in my mind that was my answer absolutely nothing uh, but you see the English team will just pick up one random player that ran very fast and say this is the player of the tournament next thing from the group to the next round her name was mentioned over and over again at the end of the tournament who will be was one of the top three players in the tournament and then when it's time to give a walk of vote, then she's the name that comes up first. Um, mm. And we don't do that in Africa. But I, I, I tell the girls that, first of all, you can't expect the Federation to do it for you because they've not been doing it since. And don't expect them to change for you. Don't, don't expect them. So by yourself, um, you know your ability, you know your capability. When you juggle the ball, put it on social media. Mm-hmm. When you warm up, put it on social media. Morning training. Um, start promoting yourself first uh, and, and then we can say okay let's get other people to promote you but if you're waiting for the federation um, truth be told it's not working and everybody in Nigeria knows it's not just about um, football it's everything even all the uh, um, art, music artists and the, um, uh, the, uh, what, what do you call them the uh, Nollywood actresses and actors mm. they didn't they weren't promoted by the government first they promoted themselves first before people bought into their brand so I think what most people need to understand is that our federation is not like the European federation. So you promote yourself, do your do the needful, promote yourself first, and then we can build on that structure. Because I don't lie to my girls. We, if we are not equal out there. We're supposed to be, but we are not. And you have to leave the reality that is on, with, that is on ground as opposed to the potential that you think should happen. So the reality on ground, promote yourself first, work hard as possible and then it will come through for you. I think I didn't get to Barcelona because 
NFS worked it for her. True. She worked hard first, mm-hmm. and now she's big. Mm-hmm. So look at that and build your own career. Besides, acquiring us, they didn't go to France and have a bus stop. Her name was at a bus stop um, because the NFS made a phone call. She worked hard and got there. So work hard, and then the rest of it will come as we try to do this federation. But if you're waiting for the federation to show you that you are people or that you are equal, you are going to wait a long time. Osha, <laughs> sorry. Mm-hmm. Some good news, I think. There's supposed to be um, I, 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 one of these on 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 this my um, podcast. I did have um, 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 Onome Ebi um, a few months ago, mm-hmm. and she did mm-hmm. she did say that um, the continent was ripe for a Champions League style um, club competition for women. Mm-hmm. And she was very eloquent in the way she she described it, and she did say something that I I, I loved. Uh, she said it does not have to be more than four teams. That we don't even have to have it home and away. She said just start little was how she put it. Start little, but start it. That is is extremely important that it is started was how she she um, she put it. Calf have said they will start the Champions League. Now, this is the same calf that can't find hosts for um, the Premier Women's um, National Tournament. How are they planning to carry this out? Do you think that they will be able to do it, Osha? Well, well um, we've been making some noise, to be honest with you, uh, Calvin, and you know, <laughs> because we are on that same platform. <laughs> but um, the truth of the matter is that there are discussions at the point at the moment, and uh, those discussions. And for me, what I would advise CAF to do is first of all to have regional qualifiers mm-hmm. because we know that uh, it's already difficult for these teams to 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 run, you know, as professional clubs. Yes. So with funding from the member associations from CAF and even from FIFA, mm. we can have these teams travel within these regions. For example, if you have Wafu A and Wafu B, you have the, the champions of the leagues in those regions playing against each other. Mm-hmm. I don't know about uh, West Africa, but for us in East Africa, travel is very easy. Um, for example, you can travel by road from uh, Kampala to Nairobi. It's about 13 hours. The bus is not that bad. Okay. Um, but also, if they choose to fly, fantastic, because um, East Africa is, again, very blessed. We have Ethiopian Airways, we have Uganda Airlines, we have Rwanda Air, we have Kenya Airways. Okay. So for us, within the East African region, we are very blessed. Now, after they play the regional qualifiers, then we can graduate to have a one-off tournament for the clubs let's not Mm. yes let's not be very ambitious and say we are going to fly to play qualifiers let's have one tournament in one country with a good broadcaster so that africa is watching um make sure that you know the planning goes on very well and then we have this one-off tournament it's doable this is not rocket science Mm. you know um, these are things that we can, we can achieve and they really, really need to be planned ahead of time. 
You know, it's not just, oh, we are going to start next year, okay? Mm. Uh, there's enough time. There's one year, actually. We have one year to go yep. um, before this, you, you know, the, the, the tournament can start. And uh, we have, until now, Calvin, we have 35 countries that have women's leagues. And to just add on what Onome said, mm-hmm. uh, look at the Africa Cup of Nations. It started with three teams. It did. Three teams. It did. It yeah, did. South, Africa, South Africa couldn't even make it, you know, because of what was happening with the apartheid uh, regime. Mm. So it was Sudan, Egypt, and Ethiopia. Yep. Very true. You know, so, yeah, so, so th- th- this is not rocket science. Let's not say, oh, let's start with the grassroots so that uh, everyone is, okay, please, uh, let, if, if that's the thinking, then... Can we now say that, okay, um, let's not have the World Cup because uh, Brazil, France, and Germany, and Spain are the ones that are doing well, you know, mm-hmm. uh, that have, uh, you know, proper leagues happening in their league. No, it doesn't, it doesn't work like that. You know, let's start with the teams that are available, the countries that are already working. And for me, one of the things that I would advise CAF to do is, for example, the next host of the Africa Women's Cup of Nations and also whoever will host that tournament, um, the one-off tournament, for example, mm. uh, for the Women's Champions League, should be countries that are already deep in with women's well, football. Women's football. Yeah. We shouldn't have countries, for example, like Congo Brazzaville that don't even pay their women players just a mere per diem. For representing their country and they want to host a continental tournament so these are some of the things that CAF needs to to be very very serious about and also by the way hmm. just like we see fifa with the criteria to get the fifa forward money yeah. let CAF come out and tell their member associations that if you don't have a well functioning women's league you're yeah. not going to, you're not going to get funds from CAF let mm. it be part of the criteria, just like they do with the club licenses. Yeah. If you don't have an office, you cannot be part of that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they have to be serious about it. They have to own it, and they have to be part of the process. It can't just be, oh, we support women's uh, leagues in just words, you know, lip service. I think we are done with that, uh, and now it's time to move on and, and to actually do the work to implement. Right. Okay. Listen, Tega, to bring us home. Bring us home. Bring us home with some yeah. good news. Yeah. What 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 is um what do we have to look forward to in the women's game in Africa in the next two years post pandemic? Actually, I tell you what, ladies, I will try and hopefully I'll probably be able to get you two back again to see how we can discuss um, um women's football post. Um, pandemic when we finally um, see the end of 2020. But um, Tega, take take us home. What are the good things? What should what's the good? Okay. What should we look forward to um, in the women's game in the continent? Because I, I don't laugh, please. I I I am I I, <laughs> I, I it worries me that um, I don't remember. I don't as the Nigerian Women's League has not been played in the last 12 months, has it? Mm. Yes. Mm-hmm. 
Oh God. Okay, so I will I will say this. Let me, uh, when you said good news, uh, women's football post pandemic, it it can't be hilarious at some point. Um, <laughs> but there, there's a, there's a light at the end of the tunnel. I think the first good news we're having is what um Usher's talking about the starting the champions, the the Cup Women's Champions League in Africa, and where we are. Um, the few limited number of countries that are available uh, and building from there. That's the first good news that at least we now have um, an African Women's Champions League football for different leagues. That's the first um, good news and I will take it every day of the week and twice on Sunday. Um, I also know that post-pandemic uh, we're still going to, I, I think a lot of countries are hesitant because of again, the way the coronavirus virus is mm. um but I, I still think we're going to be able to host the correct and like we will lose a year but i still think eventually we're going to be able to host so that's the good news um for for the women's football in nigeria right now there's some conversations and discussions on trying to get the league back now not to start now mm. but um i'm speaking with with the few people in charge and um corporate sponsors mm-hmm. now is, is the time people are making decisions um for when the world fully opens up again okay and the good news is that women women um women are, are on the agenda and, and that's, so that that's, that's a platform we use to also promote women's football in nigeria so i'm talking about the nigerian women's football league so now it's when from the conversations going on right now on getting sponsorships and getting um a few minutes on tv just to put Nigerian football so that was going. So for for now, that's all I can say is the good news. The fact that we have the Champions League um, in Africa, um, the fact that the Premier um, Championship, the African Women's uh, Cup of Nations, can still hold, and then of course in in Nigeria particularly, the fact that Nigerian women's football um, will start and this time will get back in. <laughs> Listen, this has been an absolute privilege um to host you dynamic women on this on this show osha you are loved thank you for coming on your sports memo podcast tega body lady boss thank you so very much for um coming on uh, your sports memo podcast and I, i like i said Post pandemic, I, I will be glad to to have you um, come on here again, so we can see what progress, if any, have been made in women's football in Africa. Thank you so very much, ladies. Thank you so much for having us, Calvin. Thank you for having me. <laughs> thank you. Alright, thank you so much. Thanks. Bye. So there we have it. Um, come to the end of this women's football in Africa special edition. Um, it was a privilege to have both Osha and Tega on this show. Like I said uh, in the show, I am hoping to get the head of uh, women's football in Nigeria, Miss Aisha Falode, on the pod one of these days. If you've enjoyed um, listening to our uh, this particular episode if you scroll down on whatever app you're using to listen you you'll find other episodes of of um, your sports memo podcast please if you do enjoy share and um, let 
let us know what you make of the show. Thank you so very much for listening. My name is Calvin Emeka Omuka, signing out. <laughs>